Hello and welcome to Spoken Like a Native podcast. My name is Diane. I'm an English teacher from Scotland and a devoted language learner. And this podcast is for those learning English to improve their listening and vocabulary with episodes on engaging topics like culture, current events, history and how languages work. If you want to improve your speaking and listening, head over to speakmeters.com where you can take part in small group conversations hosted by native speakers. This is an amazing way to boost your fluency, expand your vocabulary and increase your confidence by practicing with qualified, certified and selected native speakers who really enjoy helping people. There are sessions at a range of levels for English, French, Spanish and German, so book your first session today speakmeters.com and don't forget you can take part in this podcast by telling me your ideas for topics information about how to get in touch with us is in the description enough beating around the bush let's get this episode underway hello everybody and welcome to episode number 10 i can't believe that we're at number 10 already it's amazing so this time Sarah has come back to join me again, but we're going to talk less about her and more in general about idioms. Now, if you were listening carefully, you'll notice that at the end of every intro of these podcasts, I say enough beating around the bush. So to beat around the bush is an idiom. It's a phrase that you can't really translate directly into any other language. And it means in this case, procrastinating, putting off starting something and we have thousands and thousands of these kind of expressions in English and it's great to learn some of them and to use them because it makes you sound much more native. So let's get started and today we're going to talk about some idioms related to animals. Okay so today we're going to start talk about some idioms that we use a lot in English. Hi Sarah. Hello. Uh, and you had a good example to start off with. What was yes. the weather like today? Well, it was glorious sunshine this morning. And then all of a sudden it started raining cats and dogs. Oh my God. So there was a poodle coming out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just like that. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we use that. We use that to mean when it's raining really, really heavily. We use it a lot. Yes, it's pouring down. Yeah, absolutely or pouring even down. It's bucketing. Yeah, it's not raining here where I live. So. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have a, a use for that one. How about? Um, okay, let's introduce the next one. We're going to do today. So the theme is kind of animals, uh, idioms, which are phrases which you can't really translate they have their own meaning and the theme of the ones that we've chosen is animals which was your idea so the next one is pigs might fly <laughs> pigs might fly a good use of a modal verb there yeah have you got an example of when pigs might fly yeah oh well when something is absolutely impossible that's when we might use when pigs might fly so i am going to be sitting at the front of westminster abbey on saturday to watch the coronation wow really 
And you might say, and pigs might fly. Yeah, and pigs might fly, yeah. And I, my, my example was, my, I have a dog who's called Alfie. He's still quite young. He's only one year old. And he's always grabbing stuff, especially when he wants attention. He'll just grab um, things off the, out of the washing basket, for example. So you might ask me, has Alfie stopped grabbing things out of the washing basket? And I would say, pigs might fly. That's never going to happen. He's never going to stop doing that kind of thing. But does he ever lay down and sleep? Is he peaceful ever? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of got... Um, he's either excited and being naughty or he's completely asleep uh or so, he's kind of looking for something to do <laughs> That's his... when he's completely asleep would you say mm -hmm. if i came around and started looking like i might bother him would you say to me oh let sleeping dogs lie sarah yeah i might do or would that be the appropriate <laughs> thing to say um it would probably be correct but i don't know if it would be because it's not going to bother him very much to be honest so that would be probably better if you started saying something else like have you uh, gone back to your old employer to ask about that money they owed you or something something from the past oh let sleeping dogs lie diane yeah, yeah stop stop bringing up that stuff from the past we're not going to we're not going to solve it going back over it again no. yeah so when we say it's let sleeping dogs lie i mean just just leave it alone it's not actually about a dog no. although you can kind That's... of see the logic of it yes but it's more about a tricky situation yeah there's no use crying over spilt spilt milk um, which is a similar kind of leave something in the past, don't go back to it. Um, although that's not an animal theme. <laughs> yeah. So if we did spill some milk, you might say, huh, you look like the cat that got the cream. He's trying to think of a, I don't have an example for that one. Have you got an example? Well, I just looked like the cat that got the cream because I thought that I was very smart. Mm -hmm. And I'd managed to, you know, insert in another idiom. <laughs> and I think, ooh, I'm so clever. Yeah, when you get something, you manage to do something or you manage to receive something, um, you're very happy about it. You're yes, like the cat. That would be if it had a bowl of cream instead of just a bowl of milk, ordinary milk. Yeah. Although I think probably the more, <laughs> to make it more accurate, it's probably better to say like the cat who got some tuna because <laughs> they, they, they do like milk, but I think they would prefer something meaty or something fishy. Well, you'd know because you've got a cat, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Lucky you. You don't have any pets then? I would love to have a pet. But unfortunately, my lifestyle just doesn't give way to such wonderful things. Mm. 
Is that because you travel a lot? Or? It's because I live in an apartment and because mm. I travel a lot. Yeah. You could have one of those little, what are they called, lap dogs or uh, handbag dogs. I could, but they don't let them on the Eurostar. Oh, no? No. Mm. I've asked. Hmm. So I just used, I just mentioned about something fishy. And one of the idioms that we use sometimes is that smells fishy. So something smells fishy. He told me that he'd finished all his work early, but I think he just wanted to go home early. I saw his colleague doing something his boss had told him to do. So something is a bit, a bit fishy. It's a bit strange. How would you explain that? Something, it smells a bit fishy, sounds like it smells wrong, illegal. It sounds like it might be prohibited. Mm -hmm. But you are telling me something as if it was right and correct. But mm. I have my suspicions. Yeah. It sounds a bit fishy. Yeah, so when you're suspicious about something, you think, hmm, something's, it doesn't add up, was another phrase, kind of similar, similar idea. You've seen something, you add up together, well, they say this, but I saw something different, or I've noticed other details, and it doesn't look like it is exactly what it's supposed to be. Mm. So it smells fishy. So I think it, that's from... You know, fish starts to smell bad after a while. So <laughs> it's like the idea of you've left some fish out of the fridge or something. Just like the milk might smell bad if you spilt some milk and then we'd all be crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never cried over spilt milk. I guess that that one probably comes from when people didn't have, like, if you spilled milk, it would be, it would be a bit of a disaster because you'd have to go and get more from the cow it's not so easy to pick up from the shops we used to my family have a farm a dairy farm and mm -hmm. we used to go around to my grandparents and get the freshly extracted milk and mm -hmm. put it in a in, in a container and take it back to us back home in the car and sometimes we would spill the milk because I was only a little girl and it would slip from my fingers. Hmm. And then the car would stink. Yeah, we it would smell. Crying. We didn't want to get in the car. Yeah, I can imagine it would smell. And also it's, it hadn't been pasteurized. No. So it would still have all the active kind of bacteria and stuff, which is probably quite good for you, to be honest, nowadays. But what's it, what's it like to drink really fresh milk? Did you drink it like that or? Yes, yes, we did. Um, it's for me, it's just normal. So I, you know, I liked pasteurized milk and fresh milk. The only milk I didn't like was the milk that we used to get from school in the olden days where you had little bottles of milk that were delivered to the school. Mm -hmm. And they, they, it was would it be an unpasteurized because the cream always separated? I'm not or sure. Unhomogenized. Probably unhomogenized. Yeah, I guess so. That was disgusting. No, I've I've never had. I don't think I've ever had milk like that. 
I thought you were going to say you don't like UHT milk. Oh, <laughs> is that real milk? <laughs> yeah. No, but I love nut milks. Mm. Yeah, me too. I don't really drink. I occasionally drink milk, but most of the time I have soya or almond milk. It's tasty. In fact, I, I, a friend of mine set up a company called Rude Health, and she, they produce all of these fabulous non-dairy milks. Mm -hmm. She's so clever. Nice. And um, whenever she, once she created, invented that, I'd say she had the bee's knees. Mm. It's, she yeah, the she's knee. the bee's knee. Yeah, you managed to do that all by yourself. You, I think you're the bee's knees. Yes. Yeah. Or the it's great. have knees? <laughs> I don't know. I think probably they have quite a lot of knees because they have lots of legs. But I don't know if they're really knees in the same the same way. <laughs> so the bee's knees, I think it's probably like that just because it, it rhymes. It sounds good. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's some apps that I use for language learning. I'd say it's definitely the bee's knees because I can use it when I'm out of the house, when I'm waiting for something, or if I just I'm in bed, or I can use it online. It's it's the best thing since sliced bread, or it's the the bee's knees, which is kind of the same thing. Oh, that is a perfect perfect example. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, alternative to dairy milks are the bee's knees, although sometimes they can be a bit expensive and you think, is it worth it if it's mostly water? But uh, it's definitely nice to have something different in your cappuccino if you go somewhere. Um, but in Spain, you, it's very difficult if you can you can buy them from the shop, like soy milk, uh, oat milk. You can buy them from the shop, but if you go to a cafe, especially in the small towns, they don't have them. So if you, that gets me on to my next one, which is if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, mm -hmm. heaven forbid, in Spain, you're mm -hmm. a bit of a black sheep. Ooh. If you go to a restaurant and you're a vegan or a vegetarian, it's a bit, of, it's a bit tricky. For you to find something they say oh would you like a green salad would you like some chips <laughs> i've heard black sheep being used most when they're talking about a member of the family who's mm -hmm. the black sheep of the family yeah are you a black sheep of your family no 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 do you have a do you think there is a black sheep in your in your family now I don't think I should say who black sheep is, or I may not be welcome at family do. <laughs> so yeah, you can uh, you can get from that that um, it's not something. I don't think we say it as much as probably we used to. We used to use it more. Most people are accepted nowadays for being different, but in the past it would be someone who acted in a different way from everybody else, did something maybe. Maybe bad or maybe just different. You'd be the black sheep. The one that didn't follow the rules. Yeah, not going along with the crowd. Maybe didn't get married or wanted to study something completely different from what their parents wanted them to do. Like 
a family could have a family business and then they one of the children says no i'm going to be an artist and i'm going to be i'm going to live with my same sex partner they would probably be in the past they would have been the a black sheep or maybe both of us could be the black sheep of our families because we're not living back home <laughs> yeah i could it could be yeah i my my family have often lived in different countries but um but yeah is it how about your family are there any, is there anybody else who's living away from england well only the husband my father that my mother divorced and sent back to australia australia yeah okay was uh, he became a bit of a black sheep did he in her eyes in her eyes yeah okay so yeah you can imagine a big flock of sheep the collective noun for uh, a big group of sheep there's a big flock of sheep and there's one black one i was just looking when we were talking about pigs might fly i was looking at things related to pigs Mm -hmm. and you know we've got pig headed Mm -hmm. the whole hog And then I looked at where did these come from, and um, I heard I read about the a pig pile. Have you heard of pig pile? Pig pile. It's it rings a very vague bell, but I wouldn't be able to. Well, it's what? a it's a game, a pig pile, but it's mm-hmm. also an a verb and a noun. So mm-hmm. noun a pig pile and to pig pile would be to do things something in a disorderly fashion oh okay that kind of makes sense well you know i was looking at idioms english idioms and whilst we may think that england has a lot of idioms they are and we're it's true we do we have about 25 million idioms really it makes my that's a lot <laughs> want to explode yeah well you think about oh a student asks me to eat teach idioms you think mm. <laughs> Is it, where do i start exactly yeah but you know um france and french they've got a lot of idioms mm. and mm-hmm. what about spain I don't know. um Spanish, I'm, no. there there are there definitely are but um i don't know the the number of them but oh. yeah that there's a lot related to like bodily functions. <laughs> I was talking to my husband yesterday about us talking about idioms. And he mm-hmm. said, I hate idioms. I <laughs> never use idioms. What? I said, well, you know what they mean? He said, yes, but I never use them. And mm. I was like, but it's part of being fluent. Is but he's, he's British, isn't he? He's British. He says he does. I don't believe him. Yes, I know. But he said, I received when I did my um, master's degree, my professor wrote me a note saying this was a very well written uh, thesis. I said, he said, I didn't use any idioms. I said, who would use idioms if they're doing a master's degree in international competition yeah. or ridiculous but really we do use them and I believe that someone who is a good 
speaker of a second language, your second language being English, you will go from being a good speaker to a great speaker because you will really need to understand what we're talking about when we use these idioms. Yeah, I definitely agree. If you can, I think the trick first step is to understand them. And the second step is to be able to use them correctly. Because <laughs> often you get people using them, but not quite in the right meaning. Oh, no, did you not trick your husband by telling them the wrong Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he, his level is, is, is quite good. So he knows and also I'm a terrible liar when I'm trying to make fun of someone, I just start laughing. So it's, uh, I don't do it for very long, but I have, I have occasionally said, oh yeah, in English we say, <laughs> I just make, make something up completely. Um, but yeah, I, I'm always laughing when I do it. So he can tell. <laughs> yeah. Like we were, it's a different topic. We were just saying a minute ago, um, I said, I said to him like, uh, you okay. In English we say your flies are down. Hmm. Um, but in, in Spanish, you just literally say your zip is low or something like that, if you translate it. But we have a, a quick shortcut. Your flies are down. Like your yes. your zip on your trousers that holds that you put down to go to the toilet, you for some reason it falls down. And we say your your flies or if your flies are down, your flies are undone. And it's quick, economical, like a shortcut. In Spanish, that you have to say a, a longer, you have to use a lot more syllables, and I think with with idioms, it's a, a similar thing. It's a shortcut. Goodness, bit... I would love to be on a fly on the wall when you <laughs> tried out these things with your husband. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's quite funny because he's he's very open to learning new things. And so some, and I'm always correcting him. We do um, one day in English and then one day in Spanish and we go like exchanging from one day to another and we're always correcting each other. Um, so I'm always correcting him. So he's used to me saying like, oh no, no, it's, it's not this, it's this. Um, often with the, the same thing you have to repeat uh, many times, like all of us have to repeat the correct a mistake many times. Um, I can't remember any ones I've actually tricked him into. Um, but yeah, being a fly on the wall. Um, I think sometimes when I watch a film or I see a trailer for a film, which I think looks really stupid, I think I would love to be a fly on the wall in the in the production meeting for that meet for that film. Seems like such a silly idea. So you want to know what's going on. How did they come to that? Um, decision or what happened there you might yeah you might th if you see a, a couple who really don't seem to have anything to talk about as a couple uh, and then you think oh I'd love to be a fly on the wall in their their living room and see what they talk about on their own if they talk at all you yeah <laughs> you might die of boredom yeah they might just put the tv on yeah, and they're, I don't know if they still call them, there's a type of documentary called the Fly on, Fly on the Wall documentary. Yes. Or program. Did no, you ever watch those? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you like those kind of uh, programs? I love them. Yeah. 
like um also there would be hidden camera shows as well this is kind of similar to the fly on the wall so yeah a little fly can watch and see what's going on but i'm sure that a fly doesn't care what we're doing yeah. what the humans are doing i mean those anton deck um shows i can't remember if it's saturday night takeaway or whatever they're doing they often have funny pranks that they pull and they hide their cameras mm -hmm. somewhere where the poor person doesn't realize that they are being tricked yeah whatever mm -hmm. is happening yeah the hidden cameras camera or something like that as well sorry there was a show called candid candid camera, camera. yeah yeah I remember that that became i think they st still do those kind of programs now but that was it was a big explosion maybe in like the 90s and then onwards so many programs were you don't know you're being filmed and they mm -hmm. do some kind of trick some kind of prank on you but you could also do a, a fly on the wall uh documentary where they they know they're being filmed but they're just following i don't know doctors nurses or police or whoever they want to follow and um, film everything that happens. I'm sure they do still edit things afterwards, though. I don't know. They must. Yeah. That, that way they can get the best bits, the juiciest bits. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just getting back to your, uh, you mentioned that you might one day go to Westminster Abbey. Yes. Um, do you think you would have butterflies in your stomach? I certainly would. Would <laughs> I have butterflies in my stomach then? I think I would. I had butterflies in my stomach most last week mm -hmm. when I had to give an interview in French. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How and did I it go? I told them that I was fluent in French. Mm. I am not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's always nice when you're you're applying for jobs and you put like high level Spanish, high level, you know, whatever languages you want to put, and then you think, oh, look, that looks good, and then they say, oh, let's do the interview <laughs> in French or in Spanish, and you think, uh oh, <laughs> now um, it's a real test. Yes, it was a real test, but I was very happy at the end when she said that, oh, it's evident that you are bilingual. Oh. So, Oh, yes, merci beaucoup. <laughs> You're thinking it wasn't evident to me. No. <laughs> yeah, so you would have had quite a lot of butterflies. Definitely. Did you? How long do you feel you had the butterflies? Do you usually feel like the day before or just the same day of The same event? day in the, in the, say in the court, the 15 minutes before you're due to kick off. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, it's happening, it's going to happen. Oh, what am I going to say? What's going to happen? Is it going to be successful or not? Yeah. So it's a feel, feeling of nervous, excited energy. Um, usually, yeah, it doesn't start until you can't do anything. You can't do any more preparation. You can't change anything. And now it's you're just waiting for it to start. Like uh, you're going to go up on stage to perform or do you give a big presentation or something like that. I like the idea of all of these animals invading our bodies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was when I was young, I could 
I couldn't sit still. Mm -hmm. My mum used to say to me, have you got ants in your pants? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, that one's very, it's very, it's a very good um, description. Um, because butterflies in your stomach, you think probably would feel a lot worse than, <laughs> than the kind of anxiety feeling. Yeah. But ants in your pants, it does feel like that, like you're just, you can't, you just kind of, itchy sort of not able to relax sort of feeling agitation hmm. yeah but i think also um butterflies in your stomach can also be for if you're in love or falling in love you're kind of infatuated um and you're going for the first date or the second date with someone you oh, feel that it's excitement yeah so it's a kind of, yeah, overflowing, nervous excitement. And uh, it can kind of be good and bad, that feeling. <laughs> Especially in, in a romantic sense, it's kind of, it's very overpowering, but it's, it's in a positive context. But then I think you feel it because there's like you're losing control in some way. Oh, God, I have butterflies in my stomach again. <laughs> Such a great reason yeah for for a romantic reason it's um yeah it's difficult to it's it's like one of those things that you can't organize it to happen yes you can't go click yeah and it happens no no hmm. um, i wonder if there's an there should be another idiom for like when you're settled in a relationship and you're happy there should be another <laughs> yes but it just hasn't sprung to mind snails on the brain no um <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure d d does french have any idioms with snails or frogs because they have frogs legs and now i know i've said that i speak it fluently yeah but <laughs> don't i don't know all the idioms. Only, no i can only remember the french idiom j'ai la pêche and pêche being a peach uh -huh. and i sometimes joke and i say to people oh j'ai la banane or something <laughs> like that because of course it, that would be wrong and that what what does j'ai la pêche mean it means i'm feeling great ah okay i'm a, i'm in on good form ah so it's like it's peachy yeah it's, exactly mm, everything's peachy don't use that so much in britain but in the us i think they use that hmm. Getting back onto our animals, yes. uh, a dark horse. He's a dark horse. Yeah. I never knew that he had millions in the bank. Oh, the fact that he has, has really got my goat. <laughs> well, because he, he didn't give you any. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever had a situation where you thought, oh, that's he or she is a dark horse? Well, I have when I discover that they are talented or they mm -hmm. have a hidden talent, I might mm -hmm. say they're a dark horse. Yeah. Yeah, like so someone who doesn't seem to have any friends that were or very quiet and seems quite shy. And then you have a, a work party and they're on the stage doing karaoke and they're amazing. Something that they, they reveal a hidden side of themselves or you don't know that they speak another language and suddenly you hear them speaking fluently in chinese or something 
like, oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. So being, when you're a dark, you say someone is a dark horse, they've, it's, you didn't know that they had something special. No. If they, and you hadn't, they hadn't told you and those kind of things, you might need to hear it from the horse's mouth. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> so I am slam dunking with another yeah. animal idiom. Yeah. And it wouldn't, uh, you could say a little bird told me and then a little bird told me uh, that there's going to be a party on Saturday. Oh, really? I heard it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> um, oh dear. Yeah. Are you a dark horse? No, I'm not no. a dark horse. I wear my, I wear my um, talents. I'm, I'm so boastful about what I can and can't do. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm not a dark horse. There's nothing hidden. You're more of a peacock. Oh, yes, I am a bit more of a peacock. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, so peacocking is showing off your talents. Or it could like just boasting. Also, yeah, boasting. And also maybe like um, wearing fancy clothes that draw attention as, at the same time as sort of boasting. That would be peacocking. I'm intrigued by this idea that your husband doesn't use any idioms. I think you no, should you should pay I... pay attention and see if you can catch. Oh, yes. <laughs> they're stupid, but they're not stupid at all. I think they're wonderful. They they really bring you know color and imagination into a language. Yeah, it's like it tells you some. Sometimes you learn something about history if you go and look up the meaning of something, which is interesting, and it gives you the perspective. And yeah, it's it just they're very imaginative. You have a, a, an image in your head of what the person is trying to say. No, I did that yesterday when we were talking about having this conversation today. I looked up pigs might fly and the root. Where did this saying come from? Mm -hmm. Apparently it's from an old Scottish proverb. Oh, okay. From the 1600s. Yeah, I think there's a lot to do with like pigs and horses, and cows and things like that. And dogs. Because, yeah, and dogs, to go yeah. To the dogs. Sorry? To go to the dogs. Yeah. It's gone to the dogs. Yeah. It's really gone to the dogs. Have you seen have you been down the town center recently? It's really gone to the dogs. It's gone it's gone bad. It's not it's not as good as it used to be. So too deteriorate but yeah there's lots of ones which are sort of farm animal domestic animals um unfortunately at that point i lost the last couple of minutes of our conversation however i think we managed to get through quite a few idioms and i hope you found it useful thank you so much for listening big thanks to sarah for helping me um giving some really good examples um and yeah, as she she was saying, the part that kind of got cut off at the end was that if you can manage to use a few idioms correctly when you're speaking, and of course, if you can understand them as well, 
it really gives the an extra finesse to your English. It really helps to improve how fluent, how competent, how comfortable you sound, how natural you sound, because it's more in the way that um, native speakers speak. We use a lot of idioms and just get used to using them every now and again. Make sure you understand the meaning, but have a go. Um, I hope you manage to get butterflies in your stomach at some point for something positive soon, maybe going on a, um, a theme park ride or going on holiday or receiving a prize or something great like that or meeting a new partner. And if you see something which you think is completely impossible that you're talking about, then you can use Pigs Might Fly. If you want to know what's going on somewhere, you could say, I wish I was a fly on the wall in that place. So thank you for listening and next time we will have a bit of a sample from what it's like to be part of SpeakMeters. I'm going to show you inside one of my English sessions. So look forward to that. And you can come and join sessions with me um, on Fridays at SpeakMeters if you join up. And also with Sarah. I'm not sure which day she does her session but she does a regular session there in English as well. And if you want to help with whichever language is your native language, there's always space for you. We're hoping to keep on growing the community. Thanks for listening. What do you think about today's topic? Remember, you can get in touch by leaving a comment or by joining the SpeakMeters community. Follow SpeakMeters on Instagram and subscribe to Spoken Like a Native on your favorite podcast platform. You can also leave a comment and like the stream. Please, please, please leave a review. It really helps us to find new listeners who are looking for fun language learning content. And lastly, don't forget to head over to speakmeters.com to take part in live conversations hosted by friendly native speakers. That's all for today. Catch you next time. Bye.